Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi everybody, Karun Chandok here, just back from the Belgian Grand Prix. Uh, it's a beautiful day in England, so I thought I'd sit out in the garden and uh, record this video vlog. Um, you might hear some birds and some planes, but anyway, uh, something a bit different. Um, really tense contest between Mercedes and Ferrari in, in Spa. Actually, I think it ended up a lot closer than a lot of people, including me, expected. I mean, this really should have been a Lewis Hamilton Mercedes slam dunk, but actually Ferrari seemed to be a much better form than I think anyone really expected uh, All of a sudden especially when we got to Q3 It became quite apparent that it was game on. It's interesting Now I think on the Fridays they're all playing games particularly Mercedes Ferrari and Red Bull they're all playing games a bit more in, in terms of showing their hand and, and therefore you know, as the season goes on, different engine engine cycles and things like that, we're not seeing the peak performances uh, until really Q3, so, uh, sorry, free practice three. Uh, and then eventually when we get to qualifying Q2, we saw Mercedes turn the wick up and they gained something like five kilometers an hour, which I think is just sheer power. And it shows the difference in the power modes. The wind didn't really change direction. And I, I don't think they changed a huge amount of downforce. So, um, you know, it shows yet again that that Mercedes extra horsepower makes a big difference. And, and that really comes into play when it comes to the Grand Prix. Because when you look at the opportunities that Seb had at the end of the Kemmel Strait, on the two chances he had a great slipstream and a great toe, but he ran out of electrical juice and he, he ran out of power, really. Um, before he could make the move and it was this, the superior horsepower of the Merc that kept Lewis just enough in front as they, they went up the straight between Eau Rouge and, and Le Um So, I mean, let's go sort of through the weekend. I think Lewis, absolutely stellar weekend, faultless all through it. Um, you know, in, in qualifying, the lap he delivered was absolutely stellar. There was, I don't think, anything left on the table. Um, he did a, a pretty, you know, solid job all through free practice. Um, you know, Valtteri had no chance. For whatever reason, Valtteri looked really off-colour. Um, didn't look like he was anywhere close to where he needed to be to challenge Lewis. Um, so, uh, and come the Grand Prix, for me, I think that there's a key moment. Um, not so much after the start, because I think in off the line he just had more grunt than Sebastian um, at the top of Le Combe. but I think there was on the safety car restart they went through Eau Rouge and the way that whole thing unfolded I think first of all Mercedes did a very good job of making sure that the drivers had enough ERS uh, energy from the electrical side at the end of the Kemmel Strait in case they needed to defend so Lewis was able to go to a higher power mode 
um, and, and change the mode. So at some point, Seb had a bit of a D-rate, whereas, whereas Lewis could keep going. But still, he was on the soft tyre, whereas Seb was on the ultra soft. So that's two steps different. And therefore, the tyre warm-up was not as good as on Seb's car. But when he got to the Camel Strait, and he was going down there, and you could see he picked one line. He stuck to the middle of the road, and Seb was sort of going left and right. And he judged, I thought, that braking to perfection. And that, and that, to me, is one of Lewis's biggest strengths and always has been through his career. You know, there's, there are very few people in the history of F1 who have been better on the brakes than Lewis Hamilton. And I think we got such a good illustration of it on Sunday where he, he picked his braking point, he got the cast off. I mean, psychologically, that's hard to do. You've got a guy on potentially better tyres right behind you in the slipstream. But he picked that point, stuck to it, got to the apex, and and then um, he was away. So I think that was a you know classic, classic Lewis Hamilton defence. Um, and you know that's it's those moments on where championships are won. And, and and you know you compare that to someone like Bottas who looked so off colour all weekend and and got mugged on the restart by both Daniel and Kimi. Uh, you know, and suddenly you realise that's why Seb and Lewis are the A-listers. That's why they're the number ones in the team. And that's why they are the two guys at the top of the World Championship. Um, you know, let's go through the rest. Of Seb dug it out in qualifying. Got lucky because Kimi gave him a slipstream. But he, he didn't look as comfortable as Kimi through free practice. When he got to Q2 and Q3 it started to come to him Kimi seemed to have lots of vibration issues and lots of trouble with with his tires and um, he just didn't seem as happy but Seb looked behind all through until they got to that final round of Q3 where Kimi gave him the slipstream back to the line and that gave him the front row spot in the race Seb did what Seb does you know he's got tremendous ability to hammer out those laps lap after lap after lap kept the pressure on Lewis waiting for a mistake. The mistake never came. Equally, you know, he never made a mistake. He just, they just sort of sat together all through the Grand Prix. I think, as I said, I think there was maybe that one opportunity um, after the restart. But I think the combination of the Mercedes power modes and Lewis's braking kept him in front. So, but a strong weekend from Seb. I think he should be happy to come away from Spa losing only seven points rather than ten. And I think for Mercedes, it was opportunity lost for not getting Valtteri in between um, Lewis and Seb. So I think that was a quite a key uh, point for the for the championship. For Kimi, it was a strange race because you know, yeah, he got the penalty for double wave yellows, and I'm it's such a hard one because you know, as a driver, you see double wave yellows, you know, you need to back out of it. But in fairness to him, they were on the straight completely away from the racing line and, and you know I think he got caught out just because he did a personal best sector and it, it was uh, it was quite harsh on him but the rules are rules um, because otherwise I think he actually had a good car in the race and he, he probably well, he would have definitely ended up ahead of Daniel so um, it was a shame for him real utter shame for Max because there was 80,000 screaming Dutch fans in the grandstand. It was absolutely nuts. Um, when we were driving in on Thursday, Lee McKenzie and I, I don't know how, but after 16 years of going to Spa, I still managed to get lost arriving at the paddock. 
uh, and I, we ended up in the Dutch campsite somewhere out near Lecom and it was absolutely insane. I've never seen so much craziness in one campsite in my life, maybe because I don't camp enough, but that's besides the point. Um, yeah, it was it was nuts. And for them to see their main man drop out after eight laps, especially when at the end, when you see how it panned out and Daniel got a pod podium, you know, Max was ahead of Daniel all through the weekend. And that's really unfortunate for him. Um, who else? Uh, Fernando Alonso, um, usual theatrics of uh, ranting down the radio and don't speak to me and all sorts. And you can understand his frustration, but with every week that goes along, you start to realize that his options are closing. Um, Sebastian obviously re-signing with Ferrari. That was the big news out of the weekend on the driver market. Re-signing for three years uh, or further three years. So, you know, the, the, the options are starting to close out for Fernando and it's getting to be a situation where if we're going to stay in F1, we're going to he's going to stay at McLaren. Um, and I really hope Honda get it sorted on the engine because it's not good for him, it's not good for Van Dorn either. You know, I think Stoffel is driving really well. Um, and, you know, we saw they did a great job of using the slipstreams. And, um, you know, to get him up there. Fernando got up to seventh on lap one, brilliant start, and then it just fell apart. So it's a shame. Uh, and also for Jolie Palmer, I thought, who looked very good all through free practice, ahead of Nico Hulkenberg. And then, you know, the gearbox went pop in Q3. Uh, he was ahead of him in qualifying, you know, I think on, on various stages. And he was on for probably his best qualifying of the year. And Nico showed that Renault are genuinely now the fourth best team. Um, and finally, I think we got to talk about the Force Indias because, uh, you know, clearly the gloves are off as, well, as they have been since Baku. But, um, you know, the first one... Uh, on lap one when they hit each other yeah it's tricky always on lap one you got cars all over and personally as much as Checo is a good friend of mine I do think he could have given his teammate a bit more room um, on that second instance I think you know when you're you're crowding somebody up against the wall I know what it's like because the, the natural line is for you to come across from the source towards the wall and you see the wall coming and you're thinking oh the gap's closing so he's got to lift but I think when you're driving for a team and if you are, you know, in a situation where you respect your teammate, you would give him not a massive amount of room, but enough room for him to at least come safely out of it. And then you sort it out at Lake Home at the top of the hill. And, um, but then after that, the comments that came out from both drivers, first Esteban, because he came out with all sorts of comments about Checo wanting to kill him. And Checo's not a bad guy, he doesn't want to kill him, but you know, with all imploded um, anyway we'll see how that pans out when we get to Monza but only seven days to the next race um, hopefully this plane isn't interfering this recording too much but yeah only seven days to the next race um, Monza should be an out-and-out -out Mercedes race I mean it's you know Bottas has to get his stuff together he's got to get there in between Seb and Lewis to help Lewis in the championship and I think Spa was a weekend that showed now Valtteri is heading to the territory of being a number two, um, you know, unless there's a DNF somewhere. So we'll see what happens, but see you in Monza.